Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Bottom of the eighth, still looking for the first run of the game. Blue Jays and Yankees are scoreless. NBA East Finals game one tonight at the half. The home team, the Celtics, leading the Heat 66 57. We will have an Edmonton Elks preseason game for you Monday afternoon, the holiday Monday, 12.30 countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott, Dave uh, Campbell, Morley Scott, Blake Dermott, of course, again, part of our broadcast team. I think Blake's going to hop on the show tomorrow night. So 12.30 Monday, countdown to kickoff, and the game at 2, Elks at Stampeders. Uh, tomorrow, I will be with you for one hour from seven to eight i will join you after the uh, provincial leaders debate that we're going to air live here on 6 30 ched from six to seven is is this accurate is this the next guy on the show calent is he do you already have him is that, this right th that's what this, i have yes. this seems like this this is too high caliber a guest for this show is this drew remenda checking in just tell me. I just wanted to know when do the Elks play the Riders? That's the only thing I wanted to know. First game of the season at Commonwealth, baby. We're going to finally win a home <laughs> do they game. Really? Do yes. They, do they really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I thought. Of course, I, I know most of the schedule for the Elks. Like we do broadcast the games. June 11th. Yes. Yeah. So there. How you doing? How you doing, Reed? How's everything working out in Edmonton today? How you feeling today? Uh, well, it's it's. First of all, I know you and I joke around a lot, uh, but it's, it's, I mean, it's smoky, and that makes me sad, right? Because people are out of their homes, and I, I, I'm very lucky to do a sports show, and I, I try to, to keep it light because I think maybe there's somebody that's going to need to turn on the radio and just think about something else other than uh, their home yeah. or their life but yeah it's 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 eerie man like it's and you've been around areas where there's been fires and stuff like it's it's just that yeah. eerie smoky feeling right yeah and there's it's it's blown into saskatoon and uh uh over the last day and uh, my daughter and my granddaughter and and uh and, and my daughter's partner they live in edmonton and they they got back to edmonton yesterday and it was holy mackerel couldn't believe it and how smoky it was and you're right i mean when you, when we talk sports that's why we should keep it light that's why we should have some fun because as you say it's it's pretty tough out there for for a lot of people and you don't need to every time you get on talk about the serious stuff yeah but uh no i'm doing well i, I enjoyed being on with you and jamie nye the other day on that uh that, that show you guys so what you like sometimes you're you were you together for that or sometimes you're together yeah because no, yeah, because he was in. He was because the riders have. Uh, it's it's called the Green Zone. It's in uh, in Saskatchewan, of course. Talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders all the time, and Riders Training Camp is uh, it was in is in Saskatoon. So he uh, he makes the trip up for a few days to watch Riders Training Camp up close and personal, and uh, so we were in studio. Um, but usually he's in Regina. I'm in Saskatoon, or or during the season, I'm in San Jose or wherever we place we are on the road. And we do it by uh, um, Opal link up, and then um, we pretend that we're uh, that we're actually um, in the same building. So, uh, no, do the, so, the riders still do that? Is it every second year they go yeah. to Saskatoon, or is it not no. quite that often? No, every year now. Every year they. Um, well, every year is it Saskatoon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh they wow! Started, they started doing that. 
two years ago, and so they do it every year, and uh, they sign some sort of agreement with the University of Saskatchewan to be there every year, yeah. Okay, now I'm just curious, because you always, you have come on this show and joked about the obsession that the riders are in Saskatchewan, which I don't have a problem with because I think some people would say this part of the world is obsessed with the Oilers. Do you play that up on your show or do you follow the riders closely and become a football guy when you're on the green zone? I'm, I've, I'm a football guy, but I'm an NFL guy. Okay. Um, I, I'm in, in college and U.S. college. Um, but I, I play it up as the anti-rider guy, and it goes over so well. It's hilariously fun. I, obviously, you watch the riders, right? You watch the riders. You have to watch the riders because that's all that's freaking on. We have to talk about them because that's all we everybody wants to talk about. But I, but I came, I come on, and I'm very. Um, and people in Edmonton who have listened to me do other broadcasts can understand that that I that I do um, like I'm the anti-rider guy and. It was, and it's so much fun. Like there, there's, a, I have a saying that when the riders lose in the radio business, everybody wins because you don't have to do anything. You just like turn on the radio and go on your show, and people go crazy, right? Last year, the last couple of years have been just have been, or last year, it was was beautiful. It was the easiest show in the world to do after the riders lost all the time. Yeah, they uh, well, they wound up ahead of the Elks, but I said to Jamie on his show after that season, I, I would argue that by the end of the season, the Elks were actually better than, than the Riders, and they did oh, yeah. beat them, though that oh, yeah. was a, not, a, not a great distinction given the way it went for those two teams. Okay, we, we had you on to talk about hockey. You, you, you broadcast Oilers games for several years. You still yeah. follow them very closely. Uh, I, I mean, you, 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 you knew Jay Woodcroft from his days with, with San Jose, so there's still a connection there as well. Um where did it? Where, where did the series turn in the wrong direction for you against the uh, Golden Knights? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think you know. I listen to you and Rob, um, and I don't want to actually you know blow it up too much, but I listen to you and Rob after pretty much every game when I get the opportunity. Um, and I think you guys do a great job on nailing nailing it down. For me, where where things went wrong, you can talk about five on five play all you want, but where where things I think changed for the Vegas Golden Knights, um, they did a great job after game game three, after game three, or during game three, to adjust winning that that small ice. I mean, the small ice from, from face-off circle, outside face-off circle, to outside face-off circle, or post-to-post, right down the middle of the ice from their net to the Oilers' net. You guys talked about it after, uh, I think it was actually after game, game six and lost it. In front of, of the Oilers' net, the Vegas Golden Knights were, were inside. They always had inside um, positioning. You know, you, you talked about Marcia Show's uh, one goal where he's literally standing in the crease on the goal line and, and puts in the puck. Um, they did a very good job of being able to, to not box out, but force the play to the outside when the Oilers were attacking. Uh, they, they slowed down the Oilers' vaunted speed attack on transition. They did a really nice job of just owning that middle part of the ice, and I think that's where things changed. And um, Edmonton wasn't able to penetrate inside there. It's not that they didn't try; they just weren't able to. They've got the biggest. Vegas has got the biggest, most mobile defense in the league. Like the smallest guy in that on that D is, I think Martinez at, at six one one ninety seven. I mean they they've got a big strong D, and they were able to really slow things down. 
yeah, I like I like how you put that, and I, I think that's good. You emphasize too the the Vegas defense because there wasn't much of a drop off. I, I thought uh, no matter no. what pairing was was on the ice. You know Jay Woodcroft well. Jay's done yep. well here. Uh, you said to me once, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but I think you said he he believes in the power of people's potential, which is yep. which is pretty yep. cool because because I I yep. do find even even at the highest levels of sports sometimes there are some coaches who say, well I can't make a guy improve, GM, give me the good players and I'll just put them in the right slots. You know, you, you right. now. The flip side to that is people might be saying, well, yeah, but Jake believed in Skinner's potential and he kept putting in and, and winding up having to pull. How do you look at how Jay handled the goaltending? Yeah, that, that's and that's, that's going to be the over, overreaching question. I'll just say this about Jay. Um, um, I've known him since the San Jose days. I think that now we'll go on 15-plus years. Uh, he's a guy that never stops thinking about how to improve his game as a coach, but also the team that he's coaching or an individual he's working with. And all I have to do is to point to Joe Pavelski to, to put that out there. I can go to Patrick Martel's retirement, uh, uh, Jersey retirement this year, and, and Patrick Martel singled out, one, after all the years that Patrick played, singled out one assistant coach he worked with. And that was in his speech, and that was Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft's an outstanding hockey coach. I know people are all over him now, and he, he would take the, the, the criticism because that's the type of person he is, and he would accept it. Um, he would understand why people are upset with him. I, I think, and again, Rob talked about it. It wasn't game six you, you had to put in Skinner. It was probably uh, game five. It was, game, it was it game four that, that uh, he yanked him? Uh, he got yanked in three, five, and six because the Oilers won Game right, Four. Okay. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So it was maybe game in in game. So that he wins. You know, if you put him in in Game Six, I mean, you've got a guy who hasn't played well all season long as or hasn't played to expectations all season long in Jack Campbell. There was obviously a lack of confidence from Jay to, to Campbell, and actually, you know, probably from the organization at that point to Campbell because he had not played to what, where they thought he was going to be to be the big free agent acquisition. I understand Jay sticking with the one goalie. A lot of p- playoff, go- um, playoff um, coaches will stick with that one guy. He's the guy that brought us to the dance. We're going to stick with him. I, I probably would have changed many. I, mean, I don't know if I would have changed him, to tell you the truth. I understand people thinking about changing him. Here's, here's the thing. I think the old style thinking of I'm going to stick with my guy no matter what has kind of been debunked. You can go back to Grubauer in Washington starting their their Stanley Cup run. He didn't play very well, got yanked. Braden Holpe comes back in. He didn't play that well during the season because he was getting older, and then he's, he's the man. You look at um, this year, um, Alex Lyons gets the, gets the Florida Panthers to the playoffs. He was fantastic at the end of the year. They win game after game after game. I think he, won, he rattled off six in a row. They get to the playoffs, and they fall behind in Boston. In comes Sergei Bobrovsky, who hasn't played well since he became the $10 million man in Florida, and then now he's lights out Bobrovsky again. So I think there is a, a, a bit of a an old-school thinking to keeping a goalie because he was the guy that was our top guy all year. But if you see him start to waver in the playoffs, I don't think there's any harm in changing. But once you change, you've got to stick with the man. And I'm not sure Jay felt the confidence in sticking with Campbell. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, and I've said it too. I mean, there was I, I would have I was saying after Game Four, LA, I would have started Campbell, but then as it went yeah. on, I didn't think they were ever going to. But I mean, that's the thing. The hindsight is beautiful, and if Campbell would have gone in and allowed two goals on the first five shots, then the reaction would have been, well, how did you start the guy with an 880 save percentage in the regular season, right? So yeah. you can't win unless you win. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's how I like yeah. to put it. You're a genius. You're a genius, exactly. You're a genius as a coach if what the moves you make leads to wins. If it doesn't, well, what's he starting that guy for? You're right. He was, he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't. Are the Oilers, and I came on your show and I talked about it briefly on, on uh, this show on yeah. Monday, and I'll use the bit of a the naughty word that I texted you uh <laughs> could they still use one or two miserable bastards yeah. on the team <laughs> like nice guys 100%. off the ice who just turn into vicious yeah. animals when they step on the ice yeah who are the guys that have have made ways you know in this in that in the series against the vegas golden knights who are the two of the guys that you you looked at when jeez you hate playing against them but you love them on your team mark stone's got to be the number one miserable bastard that i you know i'm I'm a Christian, as you know, and so me saying that word is very bad. But um, as you look at <laughs> you look at Mark Stone, or you look at Marcia Show as well. Marcia Show plays with the m- most, you know, you know what you in, in in the game in the National Hockey League for a guy his size. You look at Braden McNabb. Braden Mag- McNabb's no s- sweetheart to play against. Even Chandler Stevenson plays with with edge. Now, I'm not saying the Oilers don't have those guys. But you could always use another, like maybe in that in that top six, if you could move a guy up. Evander Kane wasn't his usual self. Obviously, it, it, he came out today with talking about the finger injury, and, and it's pretty hard to play, especially after he's had that problem and the, and the finger was, you know, in your on your shooting hand or in your, your bottom hand. That's really tough. So when you look at if you look at Kane, you're he's he's one of those guys. I would say Leon's one of those guys by far. He's he's brought that. That attitude now more and more ever since he came in, into the league. But you could use more of that in in the other, say, I would say bottom six. I would say the second and third lines. You need more of that. You need more of guys who are a little bit bigger, more physical, and guys who will not, when they're pushed, will will push back, to, to borrow from Rick Bonus talking about the Winnipeg Jets. you got to have pushback in your game. I think the Oilers have a lot of it. Maybe just not enough, but I agree with you on that. Yeah, and that's and that's what I've been emphasizing too. We're not talking about a team that's missing eight, twelve, no. fourteen players, but th- that's how close it is in the playoffs, right? One or two guys c- can make a a big difference, and I and I think Vegas just had those one or two guys difference uh, in this series. All right, it's funny, Brendan uh, Escott, who produces Oilers now and hosts the Elks games, yeah. I said to him, which team is the furthest north now? And it's Vegas by about half Vegas. a degree of latitude, I think that yeah. is. So Vegas yeah. is the furthest north team remaining in the playoffs. I'm riding the Panthers, baby. I picked them over Boston. I picked them over the Leafs. I'm riding them to the, to the cup. Who do you like out of the four teams left? I don't. I don't have one I like, but I have two that I hope. Okay. And you can probably guess why. I, I hope that Dallas and the Carolina Hurricanes go to the finals, because um, two guys I know very well, and Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski, one of them will get their name on the cup. And I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to see that. So the other one would be Vegas. I've known Chandler Stevenson since he was uh, in the Bantam draft. I've known him for a long time, know his family, great family. So I wouldn't mind seeing Chandler, but he's already got his name up there. So I would like, wouldn't mind seeing 
38-year-old Joe Pavelski get his name on the cup? Well, yeah, he's had an amazing career. I mean, you know Brownie loves watching Pavelski and just, I mean, he, I know he annoys Oilers fans, but I always, I love guys who score on deflections. I've always loved, yeah. <laughs> loved guys who score. I know he scores other ways, but he, I think he's one of the best at, at tipping the puck. So that's one thing I've always appreciated about his game. Absolutely. He, you know, he, he, when he and Brent Burns were on the San Jose Sharks every day before the game, every day on, before practice, they would get out and Burns, he would start shooting pucks, and Paz would be in front just knocking them down, tipping them in, and, and doing all those things. He, he, he developed himself into... An absolute superstar, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Drew, uh, we'll have to try to do this again. I always love chatting with you, uh, and uh, I enjoy coming on the green zone as well. Uh, send me a text about the uh, Riders' third string outside linebacker, okay? I really want to know who it is. <laughs> okay, buddy. Right back at you, man. I love you. That is Drew Amenda checking in from the San Jose Sharks Audio Network and co host of the Green Zone on CJME Radio in Regina, along with uh, Jamie Knight. Great to have him on the show. He joined us on the Certainty Hotline. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, GM Ken Holland asked about the uh, Oilers roster being good enough to win a Stanley Cup. One year you don't go as far as you it's not like you 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 change the whole team you know the the team that won the stanley cup in detroit in 08 was very similar to the team that lost in the first round edmonton in 06 it's it's being in those situations over and over i think i've said this um the year at the press conference when i you got to be in there year after year after year and after year after year after year and you know i like to think in Detroit, we were a cup legitimate cup contender 15, 16 years. We won four. Like, you don't win 12 or four. You know, like, it's hard to win one. So you've got to be in there year after year after year after year. And I think that, you know, last year we got in, we lost in the final four to a team that anytime you lose to somebody, in my opinion, they're better than you are. You've had a chance to beat them and you don't beat them. It's, so Colorado was better than we were. Um, and they went on and won the Stanley Cup. Vegas was better than we were. Part of this is going to be, you know, over the next um, six to eight weeks, tweak around with the team. I think the, 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 the key pieces uh, for the most part I think they're here or they're they're, they're gonna you know and they, we've got to we've got to we've got to grow some younger people um, and we've got to try to put ourselves go through all this process same position a year from now and try again all right, a little bit there from Ken Holland. Blue Jays batting in the bottom of the ninth, still scoreless with the Yankees. Seven minutes left in the third quarter. Heat leading the Celtics, 76-75. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer tonight. We have the provincial leaders debate from 6 to 7 on Ched tomorrow. And then I will join you with an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Thanks for listening, everybody. 